It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Will Kane. I'm Janice Dean. I'm Greg Gutfeld, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Thursday, November 9th, 2023. I'm John Saucier. In the third GOP debate on Wednesday night, there may have been fewer candidates on stage, but a broader range of issues discussed. These Republicans are talking about the various issues, some of which have been amplified by recent world events. This debate was very policy substantive. It was very focused on the issues at hand, and it, it seemed less about personal attacks or political attacks on one another. This is the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at BrianKilmeadeShow.com. Recent polls suggesting that it is still Donald Trump versus the field when it comes to the GOP primary race, but Trump was not the main topic of conversation for Wednesday night's debate in Miami. It's true that this debate was very policy substantive. It was very focused on the issues at hand, and it it seemed less about personal attacks or political attacks on one another. Our guest today is Colin Reed, a Republican strategist, co-founder of South and Hill Strategies, currently part of the Chris Christie PAC. And that could be a byproduct of a number of things. It could be the fact that there was five people on the stage as opposed to six or seven in previous debates, or it could be the fact that uh, the votes are drawing closer. It's hard to believe, but we're, we're less than about two months away to the first uh, votes are cast, uh, or it could be a byproduct of events that have occurred in the world since October 7th in the heightened sense of national security and, and foreign affairs and some of the really disturbing things that are happening uh, abroad, but also here at home at some of our college campuses. So it, it certainly was a different affair. And frankly, I think all the, all the candidates in that stage uh, probably got what they came to get in, in terms of output. Now, there were a few personal attacks. I'm thinking specifically about Vivek Ramaswamy and Nikki Haley, who really were going at it a lot. Ramaswamy actually even brought up Haley's daughter in some TikTok videos. How do you think that played for either of those candidates? Honestly, it's, it seemed as though uh, uh, Vivek was out there to be a stalking horse for Ambassador Haley for to a degree because he just he he, he just set her up to, uh, to to knock him back down and. Look, uh, Mr. Ramaswamy's had an interesting ride as a candidate. He's had lots of different, uh, it seems as though lots of different iterations and, 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 and things he's been trying to do. Uh, it seems as though his, his, his star is beginning to fade a bit, at least in the presidential level. Uh, he's a talented young guy. He's an entrepreneur. He's had success in the private sector. Uh, but it's, it's hard to see this, uh, this, this particular rodeo ending with him uh, as, as any sort of presidential nominee. One of the big topics that I think America was really looking at and listening to very closely was the topic of abortion. Obviously, it seems like Republicans learned some lessons from this past Tuesday's election day where abortion was a key issue and many voters seem to side with Democrats. I'm looking at the Virginia legislature, which flipped blue despite the fact that Governor Glenn Youngkin campaigned really hard to try and get lawmakers on his side. It went the other way because of the abortion issue. He was threatening a 15-week ban. And in Ohio, voters actually voted to put abortion rights on the state constitution. Do you think that this election is going to affect abortion policy for these GOP candidates going forward? And how did you see how some of their comments on the issue reflected from this past Tuesday's election? 
Well, since the Supreme Court ruled in June of 2022 on this issue, the Democrats have made it issue one, two, and three in the elections. And to their credit, they've had success doing it. And I think part of the challenge there is the Republican Party as a whole hasn't really figured out a cohesive, coherent message on the issue yet. And as a result, uh, we've seen some of the electoral setbacks we have. Now, as it relates to uh, Governor Youngkin in Virginia, he at least tried. He put forward a message. He didn't just ignore it. He didn't pretend as though it wasn't happening. And he said, here's my view. Uh, here's the other side's view. And by the way, there's a lot of other issues that we should be talking about as well that have impact on people's lives, whether it's crime, whether it's immigration, whether that's it's the inflation, you name it. Um, so look, Virginia is a blue state and it voted for President Biden by 10 points. It's not even a swing state. And the, the fact that he was he's trying to, to, to out his messaging in that state uh, didn't get the results he wanted. But by the way, uh, he was always sw- swimming, climbing uh, uphill there. So look, it, it's going to be a challenge for, for candidates, especially in, in suburban and swing parts of the country. Uh, and there's no doubt the party's got to figure out how to get its messaging right, because on issue after issue after that, uh, the the public tends to side with Republicans over Democrats by a wide margin, especially some of these economic numbers we've seen for President Biden and his handling uh, of the economy, where his his numbers are just really, really, really bad. Now for Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, last night's debate, the debate on Wednesday was really like a home game. It was in Miami. I know a day after his campaign was taking a victory lap, they believe their candidate performed very well at the debate. I wanted to uh, just gauge your um, take on how his performance was on Wednesday. Look, Governor DeSantis has been the victim of high expectations and low expectations. And he's and I, what I mean by that is when he started this race, he was the clear uh, second uh, favorite to, to Donald Trump. Uh, and then it was everybody else below him. And since then, he struggled as a candidate uh, and the, the expectations have gone down for him. I, I think a, a reason he's faced such high expectations is because a year ago when we had the midterms, he was one of the only Republicans in the country who did well. And he didn't just do well. He did really well. He turned Florida from a helps turn Florida from a battleground state to a bright red state and since then he's been he's been you know seen as someone who can uh put the party on its shoulders and 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 lead it into the next chapter um and then of course he struggled so last night look i think he's he's never gonna debating is never gonna be his most natural strong suit but like i said at the beginning i think everyone got 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 out of that debate what they were seeking to get out of it and including governor DeSantis. Even before the debates, Colin, did the DeSantis campaign put out a statement? They were actually asking Nikki Haley to step aside in this race, saying that she doesn't have a chance and that she's taking a percentage away from another non-Trump candidate. Do you see it that way as well? Do you think Haley's still a top contender or has DeSantis eclipsed her? Well, no one's cast a vote yet, John. So all these prescriptions about who should drop out and who's done, it doesn't really matter who you're talking about. The voters will have the final say on that. Uh, and the, the Iowa caucus is 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 coming around the bend and we'll start soon start to know that. But until votes have actually been cast, until the people have actually rendered their opinion, it's it's premature for anybody to say that. And look, these campaigns will change and the conditions on the ground will change overnight, especially in these swing states, especially in these early states. Uh, and the, I do think a, a challenge the former president faces is. The voters do not like this idea that you're just going to sit on a lead and and, and run down the clock. Uh, so that's one the one challenge he, he faces. Uh, but but look, all these candidates know that they're 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 vying to be the alternative to to former President Trump, who has uh, built a a, a lead, uh, but it's not an insurmountable one. Wednesday night's third GOP primary debate featured Republican candidates for president, all trying to claw their way up the poll numbers, despite the fact that the front runner Donald Trump. Wasn't even there. 
This 2024 election cycle is rapidly taking shape, including a major shoe to drop in the U.S. Senate this week. We're talking politics today with Colin Reed, a Republican strategist and co-founder of South and Hill Strategies. He's also currently part of the Chris Christie PAC. There's some chatter about a third-party candidate entering this race. We'll discuss that and more coming up next. And we're speaking today with Colin Rain. He's a Republican strategist, and he's currently part of the Chris Christie pack, a Republican candidate who was on that debate stage in Miami on Wednesday night. Colin, a lot of talk this week, though, has been about the Democratic candidate, the frontrunner, of course, the incumbent president, Joe Biden, and a recent New York Times poll on a handful of swing states that in a hypothetical matchup, Biden performs very poorly against uh, Donald Trump in a hypothetical rematch of that 2020 general election. How concerned should should Joe Biden be? And do you think there's anything to the idea that Democratic donors and those involved are starting to get the feeling that maybe we should go with someone else? Those polls had to have been concerning. Uh, these weren't red states or blue states. These were swing states that he was losing in and by a wide margin. And the the irony here is the entire premise of the Biden candidacy in 2020 was that he was the only person who could beat Donald Trump. Fast forward four years, and he might be the only guy in the country who could lose to Donald Trump. And it's it's the reality he faces. Look, the guy's soon to be 81 years old. Father time waits for no one. He's not going to get any younger. But it's less about the actual numbers of his age and how he acts. And I do believe the events of the last month and what's happening with Hamas and Israel has 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 awakened a lot of voters to the need for a commander in chief who projects strength at home and abroad. And right now, they just don't believe they're they're getting that from the, the commander in chief. And I, I think that's a big reason you're seeing an erosion in his numbers. Colin Reid, one more very important question for you. We're learning that the West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin is not going to be running for re-election in 2024. Obviously, West Virginia, a more conservative state. A lot of people are thinking, okay, prime opportunity for Republicans to take another seat in the Senate. First of all, just your reaction to that. But also, how is this going to play in the race for president in 24? Well, look, Senator Manchin's a talented politician, and he's overcome long odds before but I think even he recognized that he was uh, swimming uh, against an unstoppable current uh, in West Virginia, a state that the president carried, President Trump, that is carried by such a wide margin. And I, look, what president, Senator Manchin did himself in when he cast a tie-breaking vote for the Inflation Reduction Act last year and all the green giveaways and all the billions in dollars and failed EVs and wind projects that we're now seeing just go belly up. And that was the bridge that broke the camel's back. Uh, and he, there was no coming back for that. As it relates to the Senate map, look, Virginia was probably already going to go red, even with Manchin in the race. Now it definitely is, almost definitely is. And uh, what Senator Manchin does next, he's a talented politician. He's a likable guy. He's a guy without a party because his party has moved so far to the left so fast. And there's really no room left for centrists in there. But he's uh, it's, it's a mistake to ever count a guy like Joe Manchin out to see what his next uh, his next chapter in life will be. Do you see him as maybe third party candidate who could challenge for the presidency in 24? It's really difficult to see any path for a third party, uh, whether it's Senator Manchin or anybody else, just given the way our, our, our system of electoral politics is set up. Uh, but certainly, uh, if, there, if the Senator Manchin's a guy who's always made no secret of his his uh, desire to, to, to chart a new course. All right. Good stuff. Colin Reed, Republican strategist, co-founder of South and Hill Strategies. Really good insight. We appreciate your time. And thanks for being with us again on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition podcast. Thank you, John.
You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com.